Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kim Barrett Show. I am your host, Kim Barrett, and on today's episode, we have the amazing Mr. Michael Zapersky. Now, Michael is, I'm gonna call him the king of consulting. If you've ever used consulting as a business owner, if you've, if you've ever considered yourself to be a consultant, I would highly recommend that you check out this episode with Mr. Michael Zapersky because he has got a very firm understanding of not only what it means to be a consultant, but what businesses use consulting for. So if you ever thought about using a consultant or becoming a consultant yourself, this is the episode for you. And of course, in any area, if you need help with your marketing, whether it's to find a consultant or maybe you need to market your consulting services, you know where we are. Head over to www.mobilecall.com and we'll see if we can help you. But without any further ado, let's jump into the show. Well, thank you so much for making the time to join me today, mate. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Great to be with you. Thank you so much. And so the first question I always like to ask people, Michael, to kick things off is if I came up to you at a party and we just met and I said, Michael, what do you do? What's your answer? Well, we work with consultants all around the world in many different industries, helping them to optimize their consulting business model, to put marketing systems in place that generate consistent leads and really help them to grow their revenue and their incomes so they can create an amazing lifestyle. Awesome. I love that. And I mean, give me your definition of a consultant, because I know a lot of people, they hear that word and they're like, I don't actually know what that means. It's it's, sometimes it can be very, they're like, I'm like a consultant. I mean, you just come in and talk about stuff and then you leave in a business. Like what's your definition of a consultant and then what type of, when obviously you say there's many different um, industries of consultants you work with, give us a couple of examples. Yeah, I think that's a great question because there are a lot of people using the term consultant these days and it's very different from the way that we've always looked at consulting and you know, just kind of frame this up a little bit. I've been building consulting businesses now for the last 20 years, so I've seen a few things over a couple of decades. And really when I'm referring to consultants or, or consulting, it's helping an organization, and it doesn't have to always be an organization, but in terms of who we work with, their organizations, they're either a for-profit or non-profit. They might be anywhere from a startup business all the way to a Fortune 100 multi-billion dollar organization, but it's helping them to solve problems. It's adding value. And I think that's the core thing is it's providing value to, to someone or to an organization. And there's two kind of ways of, of doing that. It's, you know, if you kind of segment, it's either helping someone to solve a problem that they have in a more efficient or effective way, or to reach a goal that they have. Maybe they're already doing well, but they want to, to get to that next level. They want to see improvement, whether that's in their manufacturing line, in the number of donations and support that they receive for their nonprofit, or to increase their sales even further from where they are. And so that's really what the consultant does. They bring in best practices. They bring in unique insights. They bring in a track record of experience and expertise to help their client to get to their goal to achieve you know, what they want in a much more streamlined, efficient, effective, and accelerated manner. Awesome. I love that. Yep. And so, so for, for anyone listening, and let's just say maybe they already are a consultant or maybe they've been considering transitioning to a consultant 
obviously with you know turbulent times these days a lot of people are kind of shifting what they're doing and are looking for different opportunities so if anyone's listening to this historically you know this is in probably the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic around the world when it comes to consulting when you said when uh, obviously things you mentioned there what sort of industries like what are the, the core sort of industries that consultants would come in for and what sort of areas is it is it like for the levels of management is it for like HR and transition? Is it for IT and support? Like, give us a couple of examples of the types of consultants there are out there that people um, that people are going into businesses and helping them with. Yeah, I mean, it's all of the above. Everything you just mentioned there and many more. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about consulting is that really it's the application of, of expertise and experience to, to help someone, which could be a CEO of, a, again, a Fortune 100 organization, all the way down to a founder or a manager or you know, a director or some level of senior executive to solve a problem or to help them to get a result that they want faster. And so that could be, we have clients, for example, working with startups in food and beverage. We have clients that are classic management and strategy consultants. We have those that work in environment and work with governments. We have those that, that do research, others that are finance experts, others that help manufacturers with all kinds of you know, business development or even their manufacturing lines and Kaizen and, and, and that sort of Six Sigma approach. And we have others that are experts in you know, very deep types of technology or data science or user experience. You, you name the industry, there's a good chance we've worked with a consultant in that industry. But the beautiful thing again is that it's not so much about the industry. The main thing is, is there a problem that the market or an ideal future client has that they're looking for a solution to? And if there is, and you have the experience and expertise solving those kinds of problems, then there might be a very good opportunity for you to apply your skills and expertise as a consultant. Awesome. I love that. And I love that you said this, obviously, you're taking the skills and experience that you have that you've gained over, you know, however many years that you've been doing things and you're helping and applying it to businesses because there's, uh, and I'm not sure if you're, you're across them, but obviously there's people out there that are teaching people to become consultants in like, you know, in a six week course and then sending them out there into the world. Like, have you come across, and uh, there's probably one uh, large, uh, large guy from New Zealand who's, uh, who's a really big, I would say, advocate of doing that. And I'm, I, I kind of sit on the fence with that because I don't really believe that you can teach someone a program and then six weeks later, suddenly they're a consultant and you, they can go out there and give people advice. Do you come across that much? And what's your kind of viewpoint on that, uh, that like accelerated model for people becoming consultants? Yeah, you know, I, I think that the types of consultants that we work with are people who, there's really two, two groups, those who have already been running consulting businesses for some time and they're, they're looking to grow beyond where they are. They kind of feel like they've hit a bit of a ceiling. They're unsure of how to grow, how to scale, how to increase profitability, how to develop a more leveraged and optimized business model so that they can really grow the business, but without overwhelm and without kind of spending more and more time away from their family and, and rather get closer to their family. So that's one group. The other are those that have a lot of experience uh, in the corporate world and they want to want to transition to becoming consultants. So we don't work with anyone who is right out of school or, for example, has been an assistant or a secretary or, you know, some, some general type of of work, even though they may be able to become, you know, consultants and, and that's great if they can, but we really work with people who already have expertise and have experience. And then our role is helping them to fill in, you know, the business side of, of messaging and ideal clients and fees and pricing and how to have conversations with buyers, how to do your marketing, how to generate leads, how to make sales, how to win proposals. So we're really supporting people who already have 
experience and expertise, but on the business side to help them to grow successful consulting businesses. Yeah, I love that. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to check because I know sometimes it's like the same, even in the advertising world, which is what we're in, you know, Facebook and Instagram advertising, there's sometimes, you know, certain terms or phrases seem to get a little bit bastardized, which is like, you know, everyone starts to adopt it. And then you're like, well, how do you know if someone actually is an advertising agency when they could just be, well, everyone is now sitting in their, <laughs> their spare bedroom at home. But sure. you know, normally if it's, a, if it's a one-man band versus someone that's like, oh, yeah, I have an advertising agency and they actually have an advertising agency. And I found a similar... I would say swing, I think, in the nomenclature of consultants and consulting. Um, yes. And then speak to them and it's like, well, I've just done a six-week course on this and now suddenly I can consult you on these things. And I'm like, well, that's not really, you know, I'm, I'm on your side of the fence where it's like you need to have that experience to be able to bring in and provide value to people and, and actually solve their problems. But one, one question I do have, um, which is just from just my personal curiosity. So you obviously you mentioned some of those larger companies, you know, sometimes, you know, up to the you know hundreds of million billion dollar companies and they bring in consultants to help. What's the process like for them to hire a consultant or how do you feel if I was a consultant and I was working with you and you're like, and I was like, cool, I want to work with, you know, these, these large companies. What sort of process do you go through to get people like to help them get in front of those companies? Like what's the, like, how do you generate those types of leads? Yeah, it's a great question. And it'll depend on what you're already bringing to the table, meaning, you know, what does your existing network look like? You know, where have you been? What have you done? And, and who your ideal client really is. For some people, they already have a network that they haven't leveraged, they haven't really done much with. And so if that's the case, that's low hanging fruit. So we would build a strategy around that to essentially leverage and, and kind of reactivate their network to create conversations and opportunities that would lead to to engagements or at least some very possible engagements for them at that level. But if you don't have a very strong network, then you're going to look at two main strategies. One would be a direct outreach strategy. And so that really is about identifying ideal clients and then developing messaging that cuts through all the noise and that gets their attention and interest and you know getting in front of them so they want to have a conversation with you because you've identified a true need or a problem that they have that is painful for them and when you appear with a very clear, concise, compelling message, they will take notice. And some of those people will say, sure, like I'm open to having that conversation. Now, just to be clear, it doesn't happen when you just reach out once. You need to follow up and you need to be committed to getting in front of them. But the second part of that is, is really about adding value. And mm-hmm. so this is the big thing that a lot of people, you know, I think, look at differently online these days. They're very focused on transactional types of you know, approaches where it's just about getting someone to buy and to sell. But when you're dealing with a, an executive buyer, a savvy buyer that is making big decisions that you know, there's a lot of risk on the line of making the wrong decision, you need, really need to focus on the relationship, not just on the transaction. So you need to add a lot of value before they're typically going to give you the time of day. And so that's where providing value on an ongoing basis that allows you to not only go from being unknown to becoming known, but then to have heightened visibility and establishing credibility and authority is really what you want to be focused on. And then this, the kind of the next big strategy after direct outreach is one of authority building. And that really is where intellectual property or IP and also content comes into play. And that's a longer term process because typically content is not going to generate results for you right away, but it pays dividends. And so the sooner that you start it, the better. And, and as your earlier stage in your marketing, you'll be doing more direct kind of outreach, less content development. But as you start building a pipeline through your direct outreach and through your network, 
that will create more opportunity and more time for you to actually dive deeper into your content. And so when you fast forward and look at the most successful consultants out there, they're spending very little time doing direct outreach because they've already planted enough seeds and kind of watered them and, and you know, given them nourishment over time to get their business to the point where they have a lot of inbound inquiries. And that comes from their, their authority building, their content creation, and kind of the consistent seeds that they've laid over the years. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. And so with the direct outreach, is that, are you talking like, is that LinkedIn or like what, like what platforms are you normally, are you seeing the best results for your consultants at the moment? Yeah, for, for most consultants that are working, you know, with other organizations, it's going to be a mixture. So LinkedIn will play a role, email will play a role, the phone will play a role, and, and in some cases, even direct mail will play a role. People who say, yeah, just, you can just only do LinkedIn or you know, only email, I think are really missing a big opportunity because it's when you combine those different platforms together where you see the best results. And that just simply is for the fact that you know, some people will, will be in LinkedIn one day, but then they're not going to be in there you know, for maybe another several days. Or they get an email, but they get 500 emails a day or 100 emails a day. And so yours just ends up kind of getting lost. And so Really, what works best is to consistently get in front of your ideal client with kind of a, you know, a multiple pronged attack, which essentially is about keeping you top of mind. And so you do that over and over. And what ends up happening is your message hits that, that you know, future client at the right point at some time as you're you know, doing your, your outreach and following up. And that's when all of a sudden they raise their hand. And so that, that's the important thing is when you start doing your outreach, you want to be thinking long-term. You want to be committed to it and stay on top of it because like, as an example, I just, got a, I just checked in with some, some past clients and one of them said to me, his name's Tom, and he wrote back and said, hey, Michael, yeah, thanks for checking in. Really appreciate that. Uh, all those seeds that I planted in the summer, like they're, they're now all working so well. Thank you so much for that, right? So he, didn't, he started, like he landed two or three clients during our time working together. But then even after that, it's like now all those things that he'd done before have now really started to, to work for him. And so it's that long-term mindset and that commitment that really separates the successful consultant from the one that struggles. Mm, I love that. I love that. And I love that you also mentioned in there around the direct mail piece, because I think a lot of times it's people, I would say, get lazy. And I find it obviously because we're in the advertising space. So they're like, oh, I just want to generate leads. They book themselves an appointment and then it's done, done and dusted. I dust my hands off and I've got everything taken care of. When it's like, you've got to make sure you have those processes in place. But one of the things I really like about direct mail is like things like the shock and awe packages and the, um, mm-hmm. and, or, you know, lumpy mail, whatever you want to call them. Do you guys use anything like that? And what kind of like one of the coolest examples of that? Cause I'm always just curious. Cause I like, I'm a bit of a old school guy in that sense that I love those things. So I'm like, what was, uh, have you done any of that you, that actually like cut through the noise and, and was successful and what sort of package did you send? Yeah, definitely. I mean, so I mean, I can tell you about a few other people and clients and people that have, have used this, but I'll give you an example from uh, one of our past businesses. We used to run, uh, it was a leading job board in, in Canada called freshgigs.ca. And it was a job board that specialized in, in marketing and advertising and really creative you know, jobs for the Canadian marketplace. And we built that up uh, over several years to be one of the top job boards in the country. And uh, it was acquired three years ago or so now, two and a half, three years ago. But one of the things that we did that was directly tied to the idea of, of direct mail is anytime somebody posted a job with us and they were a new employer, therefore a new client, we would send them uh, a package in the mail and it was, it was actually from a chocolate company. 
It was called Purdy's Chocolates, which is still around today. It's been around for a long time, I think almost 100 years or so. And the, the package itself was called a survival kit. And so they would receive the survival kit and you'd open it up and there would be like five, or not, not five, probably like, I don't know, maybe seven or 10 different types of chocolates and chocolate bars. And the, the, the thinking, the mindset behind this was when uh, you know, an employer uh, receives this, so someone in HR, let's say, they've received this package. Well, they're not going to sit at their desk and eat 10 chocolate bars by themselves, right? Like that. So what do they do? Well, they're going to share it with other people in the office. And when other people in the office see it, they're going to go like, whoa, what is that? Where'd you get that? And so then they would start talking about our company and say, oh, I got you know, posted a job here. Here's what happened. And so the fact that it was something that could be shared with others and something that was kind of cool and interesting. We actually, I used to have a lot of clients who would take pictures of it, upload, you know, upload to Twitter or whatever it was and tag us and say, Hey, just got this thing so much guys, all that. And so it created a lot of kind of organic reach and, and network effect by, you know, people talking about it and word of mouth and that business, you know, sure we did some advertising, but most of our, of our revenue came from, from word of mouth and from organic based on kind of that mindset and, and mentality that we used. Mm, I love that. I love that. Cause yeah, it's, uh, as you say, like when you get something like that, it's going to be shared around and people, you know, if you give it something that's going to be shareable and not only obviously in there amongst an office, but also obviously shareable on, on, uh, on social media or anything like that, where people talk about it, I think is always great. So yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of that. And we, you know, we've, we've cut, tried a few different things in the past, which I am, um, I'm always interested in just to see how, how other people leverage and use it as well. Now, um, another question I just want to ask as well, if we, you know, circling back to the current kind of circumstances and uh, what's going on in the world at the moment, what's, what's some advice that you're giving to your clients right now in and amongst this, you know, global crisis that's going on. And, you know, some people believing that, you know, businesses are in contraction or they're like, they're closing up and uh, which some businesses are. What's this, what sort of advice and, and mindset are you instilling in your clients at the moment for these times? Pick up the phone. It is so critical. Right now, what you know, every business should be doing is getting closer to their clients rather than getting further away. Even though you may not be able to physically meet, now's the time to reach out to every one of your clients and number one, let them know, you know that you care. Ask them how they're doing. Number two, ask them if there's any way that you can help them. And this can really be applied to any type of business right now. You know, if you put aside kind of maybe some industry regulations, but, you know, take even a restaurant. Why, why can a restaurant pick up the phone, call people that have visited their restaurant or made reservations in the past and say, hey, listen, I know you can't come in and, and eat at our premises right now, but we'd love to cook you a dinner and have it delivered for you. You know, like, is that something that you'd be interested in? Or we'd like to cook, a, you know, a series of dinners like once a week or, you know, so there's all kinds of ways that people can be creative with what's going on right now, rather than just sticking our heads in the sand and going, yeah, I guess people aren't going to buy and nothing's happening. The reality is people are buying. People are still conducting trade and commerce. It may not be at the levels that it was before. I certainly understand that some industries are, are significantly harder hit and are limited compared to others. But what we've advised all of our consult clients to do is to get closer to their clients, to find ways to add value. Uh, in our own case, what we're doing is you know, we created additional office hours. So times throughout the week where we will invite our clients to essentially just dial in, ask any questions they have, go through anything that's on their mind. We've also picked up the phone and called our clients one-to-one just to check, check in. And it wasn't about, you know, their action plans and what they need to do. It was, you know, hey, Susie, how, how are you doing? How's your family? Are you all healthy right now? And Susie talks. Susie shares what's on her mind. 
great. Well, listen, Susie, if there's anything I can do to, you know, to help, just, just let me know. But I just wanted to kind of check in, see how you're doing. That's it. You don't need to sell. You don't need to, to go deep into you know, other areas. You can just show that you care. That goes a long way. Every single phone call that I've made, the, you know, people have said it. And some of these calls I even made on the weekend. I remember I was walking around on a Saturday morning and I made calls to some clients and they were kind of shocked. Like, you know, Michael, it's Saturday. Like, why are you calling us? Yeah, I apologize. I know typically I wouldn't make calls on, on a weekend, but I was just thinking about you. Just want to check in. Just want to see how you and your family are doing with everything going on. Is everyone healthy? That was it. Every single client just shared how much they appreciated that. The other thing is, you know, think about how you can provide unique value and, and new levels of service. You know, what do you, what you were doing before, you know, everything that's going on in the world may not work, you know, currently. And so think about how you can try different offers, an offer that might be lower priced, an offer that might be higher priced than what you typically would have, where you provide more intimate levels of service or, or engagement. And what about even offering something that is free? Uh, and that could be a webinar, that could be an online workshop, that could be some kind of a mastermind group that you get together, that could be a live video where you answer you know, questions that people have. But I think the name of the game right now is really to lean in, to get closer to people, to add more value for people because this too shall pass. We will get through this. And this is an opportunity right now where many people are sticking their heads in the sand, they're closing their eyes, they're like deer you know, in, with, with the head, headlights shining in their eyes where they're just frozen, they're paralyzed you know, without, with not knowing what to do. But if you lean in, if you lead, if you take action right now, that's going to put you f- much further ahead than many of your competitors when this, when this thing blows over and it will. And so that's really the advice that we are applying in our own business and that we're advising our clients on. Yeah. I love that. So basically number one is like, be a good human being, just actually care about people and, and interact mm-hmm. with them as, as you know, they would, as you wish that they would care about you. And then number two, seeing, and then, and making sure that you are still operating because, because as you said, commerce is still happening. Businesses are still operating. You know, like I know, I know for us, this has probably been the busiest in the history of our business that we've been because, mm-hmm. you know, people still need help in many different areas with many different things. And I'm assuming consultants would be exactly the same because even if people are at home or whatever it might be, it means that they've got more time to think about what they need, what they were looking to do and everything like that as well. So I think that's super, super important, as you just said. And I've just got one last question for you, Michael. So my final question, which I always ask everyone, and sometimes it's a little bit of a thinker. So if you need a pause for a moment, that's okay. But What's one question that I didn't ask you that I should have? I've had this question many times before from, from other podcasts. And, uh, you know, sometimes it gets hit on while we're talking. Other times it doesn't. But if I, you know, if I think about just something that I could maybe add and share that would provide some value for, for your audience, it's, you know, if I kind of look at my experiences over the last 20 years of building businesses and what's, what's the one kind of mindset or, or trait or characteristic or, or attribute or belief that has really helped the most in, in moving things forward and creating positive results, I would, I would offer that it's this idea of imperfect action. It's the idea of that, you know, I see a lot of people who are held back, who don't really realize their true potential because they want things to be just right. They want to have the, the, you know, the right plan in place. They want to have everything uh, kind of sketched out. They want to have uh, all their bases covered. They want to make sure that they know everything that, that they need to know and, and they're experts on that one subject. But by doing that, by waiting to try and just get things right and to be perfect, you delay taking action. And the most valuable feedback that we can all get as business owners is not 
something that we can write down ourselves or even discover ourselves, you know, in, a, in our own, in our office or wherever we work. It's feedback that we get from the marketplace. It's feedback that we get from those that we actually want to serve, meaning our, our future clients or our existing clients. And the only way that you get that feedback is not by thinking or planning, it's by taking action. Uh, and so that would be kind of my rallying call to everyone here, especially given what is going on in the world today. It, it is the importance of taking action, of trying things. The more that you try, the more feedback you will get. If it's positive feedback, great, you do more of it, like lean into it. If it's negative feedback, meaning that you didn't get the result that you want, that's also great because you learned something that doesn't work, which means you're now one step closer to, to hitting on what actually does work. So you adapt, you adjust, you go back out and you try again. And you do that over and over and over again. You keep getting better. You, you achieve mastery. You sharpen your sword and you end up you know, seeing significantly higher levels of success because while others are still trying to figure out and they're playing around with their logo or their business plan or their website, you're out there actually having conversations and conversations is what generates sales. Hmm. Yeah, 100%. I love that. That's great feedback for everyone to take on board and uh, and be called to action as well. Now, Michael, if anyone's uh, listened to this and they're like, like I love this, what this guy's talking about and maybe I'm a consultant or considering transitioning to become one, what's the best place for people to be able to connect with you online and, and find out more about what you've got going on? Yeah, for sure. People are welcome to, to reach out and connect with me on LinkedIn. Just put in my name there, Michael Zapersky, and shoot me over a quick little message just letting me know that you heard you know, through, uh, through the podcast here. So I know who you are, that'd be great. And I'll, I'll definitely accept that connection request and love to learn more about what you're working on. But also for those who are interested in either taking their consulting business to the next level or getting into consulting, uh, we do, we just put together a free guide. It's actually called the consulting blueprint. It's 47 pages and it gives some very detailed strategies, actions, and successful mindsets to help you to apply some of these best practices to, to grow a consulting business and to have an optimized consulting business model. And for people who want to grab that, you can get that by going to consultingsuccess.com forward slash blueprint. Awesome. We'll have all those links in the show notes as well, guys. So um, again, Michael, really appreciate you making time and calling in from all the way on the other side of the world. Uh, so again, thank you so much for joining us. And guys, if you've liked this episode, make sure that you share it with someone. If you know someone who's a consultant or someone that could benefit from hearing what Michael's just shared, make sure that uh, you send it across to them and get them to listen. Thank you guys again for tuning in to the Kim Barrett Show. I'm Kim Barrett and we'll see you next time.